like it. All right, well, it's my privilege to come chat with you. I'm the OG here tonight. Come on and hang. I'm the old guy. Pastor Rob, he's the OG. He's the old, old guy. Everyone, he's young enough. Everyone just turn around and give Pastor Rob a salute. The old guy salute. Yes, very good. And, Josh, this is awesome. Is anyone's first time at youth tonight? Anyone? Yeah. yeah. Really? Cool, man. With the killer shoes. That's right, I love them. There you go. Hey, can I tell you, if you guys are new to this, some of you have been coming for a while, you just got to keep on coming, keep on coming. Like, when you have a group of people like this that get together and, you know what, you don't have to pretend you're perfect, because none of us are. You don't have to pretend you've got it all together, because none of us do. It's a place where you can come be safe. Have fun, learn that God loves you, come and be real. I promise you, this will change your life. So, ready me to speak to you? I won't speak too long, but I'll share something that's on my heart. Who's hot? Anyone really hot? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. really hot. There you go. Alright, see if you're doing that. We'll go, is that, is that a heater on? If that's a heater, I reckon that can go. Because that's just, I'm going to be sweating. Uh, Alright, so, I've got two boys, Jackson and Jordan. My oldest is 10, and Jordy, he's 7. Well, my oldest, Jackson, who's 10 years old, when he was a baby, my wife woke, he started crying one night, and my wife woke me up and said, you got to go change his nappy. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to change his nappy. It's gross. And she's like, your job's to change the nappy. And because I'm a little bit scared of my wife, I went and changed the nappy. So I went in the middle of the night, and I'm just going there in, in, in my shorts, and, and I get out to the open my boy's room, and I take off his nappy, and as I take off his nappy, all of a sudden it felt like it was raining on the inside. Oh, no. I'm like... What the heck is this? And I look down, and my boy is peeing all over me. And I'm like, this is gross. My baby boy is literally like peeing all over me, no. like a little fire hose. And, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I, I like grab his nappy and I, and, I, and, I, and I stop it, and, and I'm like, oh, I start screaming, and my wife comes running in, and as my wife comes running in, we hear this sound. And I look down, and my kid has projectile pooed all over me. And I'm like, what the heck? And, and, and literally, as I begin to wipe down the wall, pooed all over, I hear this sound again. And he literally pooed all over my body. So then I clean myself off. I clean Jackson off. I have to clean the wall off. And then I pick him up to go, it's okay, and I put him over my shoulder, and he puked down my back. Oh. I literally, in the, about one minute, had my kid pee, poo, and puke all over me. Now, let me ask you a question. The old three, the triple whammy. There's nothing else. Unless he had, like, massive earwax that got on me. That's it. That's the triple factor right there. Can I ask a question? Is my boy a bad kid? No. He's just a kid, right? He just loves his dad and wants to express it in the oddest of ways. Truth is, kids make mistakes. Stuff happens. Mess happens. Does it make you a bad kid? No. As a teenager, you're going to make mistakes. As a teenager, stuff's going to happen. As a teenager, there's going to be mess. Does that make you a bad person? No. No. Just makes you a teenager. I want to read you a passage of the Bible. Start right at the beginning from Genesis, right? And uh, it says this. It's just a bit of a story. It's this garden God made, and He made Adam and Eve. You've probably heard of them. And, and it says, The serpent, the snake, was the shrewdest uh, of all the wild animals the Lord made. One day, He asked the woman, Did God really tell you not to eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden? So God gives 
everyone everything. But he says, there's just this one tree I don't want you to eat from. Of course, we might eat from the fruit in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. You won't die, the serpent said to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Well, the woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and it looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her, to her husband too, who was with her, and he ate it as well. And at that moment, their eyes were open and suddenly they felt shame. Everyone say shame. Shame. They felt shame at their nakedness. So they so, whoa, I was over excited. You go to school tomorrow and say, what did you learn yesterday? You're going to say, naked. So they <laughs> sewed the fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool evening breeze was blowing, it was about this time at night, it started to get dark. His wife, man and his wife heard the Lord walking in the garden and they hid from the Lord amongst the trees. So they do what they shouldn't do. And they feel shame. And they run and hide in the trees to try and cover themselves. God comes looking. And he says, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid, the man said. I was afraid because I was naked. And God says to him, who told you that you were naked? Right from the beginning, God put potential in you. No matter what your family's like, no matter what your upbringing's like, whether it's been awesome or really tough, God puts something incredible on the inside yeah, of you. Good. And the enemy, there's, there's an enemy, like there's a God that loves you in the same way there's this, the devil that has it in for you. Mm. Now, he's powerless. He's weak, he's nothing, but he comes and tries to make us do things we never wanted to do. Things that seem good for a moment, but they actually end up hurting us. The truth is, all of us make mistakes, all of us get things wrong, all of us at times with the wrong people or looking at the wrong thing or having the wrong discussion. And I have so many of my friends growing up when I was in school that got messed up in drugs and alcohol, some of them that literally aren't alive today because it got to them. And the truth is they never wanted to do it, but somehow they had to do the very thing they didn't want to do and it caused them to have shame and run from God. You guys seem like a good bunch. Can I let you in on a bit of a secret tonight? Yeah. I have these things called twitches. Right? I had them all of my life, these weird little twitches. My body does stuff that I don't want it to do that it automatically does. So when I was growing up in school, all the time, my arm would do that. And I didn't want to do it. But my arm would all the time do this. So I just had to try to turn it into a cool dance move. You know, <laughs> trying to girls. But the more I didn't want to do my arm thing, my arm had to do this. I had another one where all the time my head would nod. So someone would say, do you want fries with that? And I'd say, no. <laughs> and they'd like, what? Do you want fries? No. Eat it. What's wrong with you? And I, I couldn't stop doing this. I know I had to wink all the time. People thought I was like flirting with them. Like, hey, Josh. But I wasn't. I was just like winking all the time. I, I, had, uh, um, I had all these different ones where I had to swallow air in my throat and almost make myself choke myself to, uh, like, to the point where I couldn't breathe because I, my body just kept doing these things it didn't want to do. Something was a bit crazy up here that it just made me do stuff I didn't want to do. There was this one where I'd occasionally go, <clears throat> and I wouldn't want to. And then we'd go into an exam or a test at school and it was all silent. And the teacher's like, well, like the maths teacher, she's like, oh, everyone be quiet, we'll do the test. And everyone's silent, waiting for the freak show to begin. Mm. <coughs> everyone starts to giggle like that, and the maths teacher's like, who was that as she combs her moustache? Like, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then... Mm. 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 Everyone's kind of just waiting, and now you try and hold it in. But the problem is, the more you hold it in, the more it needs to come out. It's like... <laughs> Teacher, like, what the heck is that? It was like an otter outside here, so I don't know where the heck it came from. 
Are these things that made me do the very things that I didn't want to do, but I couldn't help but do it anyway? The truth is, we all have the exact same thing, but it's called sin. We all stuff up, we all get it wrong, we all make mistakes, we all say things we don't want to say, we all with people we don't want to be with, do things, experience things, watch things, whatever it is that comes at different points in your life that you don't want to do. And the problem with Adam and Eve is they ran away and they saw themselves before they didn't realise they were naked. And all of a sudden they felt themselves exposed and they ran and they hid. And the Bible says they hid because of their, who can remember the word? Shame. It wasn't because of their guilt. I'd say it. Was my kid a bad kid? No. no. Did, he, did he do it? Yep. Guilty. Problem is guilt, when you realise I've made a mistake, guilt is actually a gift from God to make you run to God. Because guilt says, I've done something wrong. However, they experience what? They experience shame. shame. Shame doesn't say I've done something wrong. Shame says there's something wrong with me. Wow. And it makes you run from God. See, the problem with Adam and Eve wasn't the mistake that they made. God could deal with the mistake. Ultimately, he knew we would all make mistakes and he always had a plan and that was Jesus. Mm. He could deal with the guilt through Jesus. However, the bigger problem wasn't that they ate the apple. It was that they ran and hid from God because they had shame. Mm. And he comes up for them in the middle of the early in the night. And this is what God does. Sometimes I used to think God would come, right? Because before I had kids, I did got this wrong. I used to think God... <laughs> God came stumbling through the back of the youth hall. God comes in the night and he's looking for them. And I used to think God was angry. God's looking for them going, Adam! Eve! Like a parent that's angry. Have you ever done something so wrong that your parents come looking for you? Like, where the heck are you? I'm going to find you. Junkie, I know you stole the chocolate. Where is it? I'm looking. And this is what we imagine God. We imagine God is just an angry guy that's looking for you and trying to tell you how bad you are. But this is not how God would have come. Once you're a father, you realise God actually came in the cool night and he doesn't get angry. He doesn't call them a loser. He doesn't call them a failure. He comes looking and he's like, Adam, Eve, he knows their name and he wants to heal them. And he wants to restore them. And this is what he says. He doesn't ask them first, why did you eat the fruit? He asked them, who told you that you were naked? And this is the question I want to have for you today. Because people say stuff they shouldn't. Parents sometimes make mistakes. Teachers sometimes get it wrong. And the question is, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you weren't good enough? Who told you that you were broken? Who told you that that addiction couldn't stop? Who told you that you couldn't be set free? Who told you that you couldn't be healed? Who told you that you weren't going to make it? Who told you that you were going to be rejected over and over and over again in your life? Who told you that God couldn't use you? Uh, there's things that people come and say in your life and I want to tell you the reason God has you come in here is because he wants you to hear a different voice. Yeah. He wants you to say, I never called you that you were naked. I never called you a failure. I never called you an addict. I never called you broke. He comes and calls them by their name, which means wow. they mattered to God. Yeah. He came and said, Adam, Eve, what he wanted to do was cover them and heal them. See, if you've been running from person to person or thing to thing, of when you lay in bed at night and you look back at how you got it wrong or how someone treated you or how you feel your worth is, I want to tell you God looks at you and he loves you and he wants to heal you and forgive you and cover you turn your life around. There's one more woman. Let me just quickly share about her. Is that cool? Yeah. She's cool, right? She's this lady that goes to see Jesus. Except this lady who is broken, 
who is abused, who is messed up, who's probably slept around, who's, who's tried things she's never tried, been places she's never been, got it wrong. She doesn't run from Jesus, she runs to it. It's found in this book called Luke. Let me just read this to you, okay? One day, one of the Pharisees, or they're like pastors, but some dodgy ones, they asked Jesus <laughs> to come and eat with him. So Jesus goes to the Pharisee's house and he sat down to eat. And behold, a woman at the city who was a sinner. What was she? She was a sinner. sinner. It doesn't even say a name. You know what she's known as? A sinner. sinner. Her reputation is she's broken. Her reputation is she's an addict. Her reputation is she's a sinner. That's how she's known. This girl is messed up. This girl has got it wrong. This woman was a sinner. And she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house. So she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Just perfume. And she stood at his feet behind him weeping. So you'd you'd agree this woman's broken, right? Mm. This woman's hurting. She's crying. She's got nothing left. And it says this, And she began to wash his feet with her tears. Mm. She wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. This woman is a great sinner. It says this, right? She's so broken, she comes and washes Jesus' feet with his tears. Now, it doesn't say foot. It says feet. Jesus is a grown adult man. Holds the world in his hand. He's probably got big feet. He's, he's there, and somehow she washes his feet with her tears. That's a lot of tears. That's crying river tears. That's ugly crying tears. That's cutting the whole bag of onion kind of tears. It seems like too much tears. But let me just tell you something a bit about behind the scenes of the story. Every Jewish woman, this, this lady's a Jewish woman, she's from Israel, they would have this bottle from when they were a little girl. It was called a lacrima, or a lacrima, but lacrima. And what they would do is this bottle was their most precious possession. I mean, they would, when they died, they would be buried with one possession, this bottle. When a house was on fire, you were known to run into the home and find one thing, your bottle. If there was the most precious possession that you took with you all your life, it was this bottle. What was in this bottle? From the little girl, that's it, Josh. So all of her life, every time she cried, she caught her tears. Every time she was abused, she caught her tears. Every time she had sin and regret, she caught her tears. This bottle that every Jewish woman had was a reminder of every person that rejected her, every person that labelled her, every person that named and called her sinner, every time someone left her, every mistake that she made, every mistake that was made towards her, every bit of pain was caught up in this bottle. Adam and Eve ran away from God thinking God was angry. But this woman realised that... All of this wasn't going to heal her. Only Jesus could heal her. So she does the opposite to Adam and Eve. She runs to Jesus and she pours it all out on his feet. She washes his feet with her tears. She says, I give you... What's she saying? She's saying, I give you my pain. I give you my rejection. I give you my hurt. I give you my sin. I give you my mistakes. 
every shame tear, every blow tear, every abuse tear, every hurt tear, every self-protection tear, every time that she, this bottle reminded her, don't let anyone in. This bottle reminded her you can't trust anyone. This bottle reminded her no one will accept you. This bottle reminded her no one will love you. But she didn't want to hold on to that pain. So she decided to go find Jesus who would heal her, who would accept her, who would restore her, who would forgive her and would change her. And Jesus sets him free. What she has is an exchange. She, she gives Jesus her pain, and Jesus gives her healing and acceptance and love. I'll tell you this today. Life's tough. And my little boy, he's made some mess. And the truth is, if he's still, if he's still making that mess at 10 or 15, we've got an issue. <laughs> but the reality is, as a kid, he's got to make mistakes. Yeah. And the reality is, if I can, you guys aren't kids. But in the scheme of love, compared to OOG and OJO here, you guys are here, kids are young. People mistreat, people do wrong, people make mistakes, and you do too. I just want to tell you this, this is why God has you here tonight. Because this is a place where you can find healing and hope and cleansing and love. The Bible says this, says your best efforts, you doing the best you can is like a dirty rag. But this is what the Bible says. Is that he takes your sin, the mistakes, the stuff-ups, the screw-ups, the mistakes, the things that you've done wrong. And the Bible says he takes it and he hides it behind his back. Yeah. He says he sends it as far as the east is to the west. He says he sends it into the depth of the ocean where it can be found no more. Another place says he hides it behind a thick cloud. What is he saying? He's saying he takes all of that stuff that puts shame on you and says you're not good enough. And he removes it so that you can never find it again. What does he do for Adam and Eve? Who he does? He gets an animal, he kills it, he gets the skin, and he covers them. It's a picture of what Jesus would do. Jesus, who is known as the Lamb of God, would give his life so that his love could cover you and heal you and restore you. God never came looking for Adam and Eve to hurt them. He came to heal them. He never. This woman came not to point out her sin. It was to get rid of it because Jesus could heal and forgive her. Jesus came to set you free. This is why when you walk in here, it feels different. This is why when you come in here, there's something that you can't put your finger on, but it just feels safe. This is why something on the inside of you says run, because it tells you that you're not good enough, but that's not God. That's an enemy that's coming to lie and try and take you off track. But there's a God that loves you so much, that wants to heal you and restore you, take the weight off you, to let go of your past, to let go of your hurt, to say, God, I want to trust you, I want to follow you, and I want to run to you. Today, if you don't know Jesus... You get this opportunity to come to him, to run to him. He's already meet one is meet with you. If you're if you know that you don't have it all together, if you know that you're broken, welcome to the club. You may not be ever have been to church before. You may have never been to youth before. That has nothing to do with anything. All you need to know tonight is Jesus made you. He you're not an accident. I look at my boys, alright? My young seven-year-old. He's awesome. He's a cool kid, he's blonde, we have no clue why. He's so creative, he's funny. He's just cute. And look at him go, he's not a mistake. If my boy, if my little seven-year-old boy was here today, would you think he's a mistake? No. Nope. Intentionally created by this amazing God. The people around you, are they a mistake? No. no. Intentionally made by this loving God. <laughs> are you a mistake? Intentionally made by a loving God and Father who wants to know you, heal you, love you, forgive you, be your best friend. Right across this place, just bow your heads. I want to pray for you.
But if you don't know Jesus, I would love to specifically pray for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, what does that mean? It means, yep, Josh, I make mistakes. Yep, I get it. I understand. I feel like that woman. I feel like Adam and Eve. I get it wrong. But tonight, I want to give my life to him. That means that you accept that you're loved. That means that you accept that he can forgive you and lead you and help you. It just says, yeah, I realize I'm not a mistake. I was made by God and he has good for my life. And I want to receive his love, receive his grace right now. Do you know what? So many people around you have prayed this prayer before in the room just like this. I prayed a prayer about your age in a room like this and it changed my life. Do I still make mistakes? Tons of them. But when I do, I know I've got a God that loves me, heals me, and has good for me. Just when I was looking. If you say, Josh, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to start again. I want His forgiveness and His grace. If that's you, when I was looking, I count to three. I just want you to lift your hand. I won't call you out the front. I won't embarrass you. But I do want to pray for you. It's the best decision you could ever make. It just says, God, forgive me, love me, heal me, and He will right now when you pray this prayer. If that's you and you say, I need Jesus, would you lift your hand? One, two, three. Who is there? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So good, guys. This is it. This is what it's all about. He loves you. He has good for you. He knows your name. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what people have said to you, good and things that were lies. And he wants to set you up for the best life you can imagine. Today, he loves you so much. You need to know that. The stuff that just sucks in life. But I just want thought God wants you to know He really, really thinks you're just so cool. Who else is there? Anyone else that didn't lift their hand that'll say that's me? I need Jesus. Yeah, cool, bro. Awesome. Alright, we're gonna do this prayer together. Because like when you come in a place like this, we're family. Even if you're not real family, we're gonna be like youth family. So we're gonna say this prayer together, for everyone that prayed that prayer. But especially you, if you said that's me, when you pray this prayer, I'll just know that Jesus hears you. So say this after me. Say, Dear Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for loving me, Thank you for loving me. And, looking for me. and looking for me. Sorry I make mistakes. Sorry I make mistakes. But thank you that you clean me. You heal me and love me. To take away my shame. I'm not a mistake. I'm not a failure. I'm loved by God. I'm created by Jesus. And saved by his love. Jesus. 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 Amen. 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 Come on. Let's just keep going. Thanks, everyone. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. For the rest of you, right?